the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 38. Special guest, Terrence Wallen is with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop. For all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis, follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app to play our podcast on our podcast page, and you can leave it running in the background without actually staying on the app. And subscribe to Inside the Rink's YouTube page to watch our episodes on YouTube. Smitty will tell you how to sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can sign up for ESPN+, Plus by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN+. Plus. I love all the Major League Baseball, soccer, college sports, UFC, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN+, Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And Maine Mariners head coach Terrence Wallen joins us again. Coach, always good to have you on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to be back uh, after having my my first kid six weeks ago. It feels like I'm getting back into hockey mode now. I know. I I, I was going to say like you had a you had a playoff berth, uh, and then you had a two year contract extension and a new baby. Pretty good year for you. Yeah, it was it was a fun one. Um, the, that that little playoff run we had was was quite the uh, week. It was. Uh, the day before game one, he was born, um, and then I, I flew down to Philadelphia to, to catch game one in Reading to be behind the bench, and then got back, and we're, we're six games in, and he's five days old, and he's at his first playoff game. So um, it was it was an absolute blast, but from a, from a longevity standpoint, uh, the season was unbelievable. Obviously, there's so much learning that goes into it. I'm a young head coach. Um, but the group of guys that we had uh, and my assistant and all the people – working behind the scenes kind of made that job easy. Now it's, it's been a, obviously a really good season ends, it ends in a playoff berth, but also highest year over year, overall attendance increase in the ECHL at 33%. So some really good momentum heading into next season for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I've been here obviously since the beginning, I was traded here the August before the main mayor, the second version of the main Mariners kicked off and the, uh, explosion or whatever you want to call it of our fandom has been pr- really impressive. And our front office has done a hell of a job uh, to make that happen. They're, they're including youth hockey programs. Their, their giveaway nights are, are just doing better and better. Uh, the specialty jerseys are becoming a big thing here in Maine. And um, I think, and I think the last thing is just, there's a better product on ice. The league keeps getting better and better. Um, there's just more and more good hockey players around and, uh, fans are starting to notice that in, in our league. So as a team, what are some of the areas um, of improvement that the, that the Mariners have to work on to, to, uh, to be better next year? Um, there's a couple areas. Uh, th- throughout a season, there's just so much turnover in personnel in our league that um, I think priority number one is just to continue to maintain uh, what your roster looks like. There's that February-March area where guys are getting dinged up or hurt and different things like that. And you need to find those replacements that can come in uh, and weather the storm to continue to get wins, continue to get points and, and call your way into that playoff spot. Um, but for, from an on ice perspective, probably breaking the puck out, I think would be, would be a big one for me. It's, it's something I'm doing a lot of research on uh, me and my assistant, Johnny McKinnis uh, are doing some little projects to continue to get better as coaches. Again, we're young, head, we're young head coach and assistant coach, uh, duo. So we got to continue to do our homework, uh, become the best coaches that we possibly can, because at the end of the day, 
for me, back-to-back first-round exits is not good enough, and we want to continue to build this organization into into having a, another winning tradition. Now, from a coach's perspective, I wanted to ask you this. How, how challenging is it for you not to overthink or second-guess, particularly in a playoff series? Jim Montgomery had some – you know, some regrets or some changes he would have made in the Bruins series there. How do you balance, you know, kind of overthinking it, overdoing it, and just kind of saying we're okay, we just have to sort of let it ride and, and, and things will turn out? Yeah, we kind of went through it mid-series against Reading, actually. Um, we went down 2-0 down in Reading, um, and we felt like we were struggling to create offense, um, and, and something that we changed was our neutral zone against Reading. Uh, going into game three and, and games three, four, and even most of game five, uh, we felt like the change that we made in the neutral zone led to a lot more offense for us. Um, but middle of the series, kind of game four, game five, we thought there was an opportunity to create more and make another change. But for me, um, it's kind of what, what got you here, uh, and you got to trust what got you there. Um, so for me, the, the change that we made in the neutral zone was good enough for me. And I wanted the guys, a big thing for me as a coach is I want guys to play with uh, freedom and I want them to be able to make mistakes and have the confidence to go out and make plays and try different things. And um, in the end, it wasn't enough, but I, I don't know that I would have changed too much about what we did in that, in that series. What were some of the things uh, personally that you learned uh, coaching in the playoffs? Is, is there a big difference uh, in the playoffs versus, you know, regular season or, you know, something like that? Yeah, it's uh, it's a massive difference. You go through games, whatever it is, 35 to 60, and there's that little bit of um, fatigue in the guys. You're a little worn down. You're kind of just getting through, getting through, getting through. Uh, you got to continue to like take care of your body and different stuff like that. But then ener- the energy is a little lower. And then it's almost like uh, when we clinched, there's a little jolt of energy. When we uh, enter game one, there's that little jolt of energy. So uh, come game one of playoffs, it's a very different atmosphere. Uh, the margin for error is much smaller. Your emotions matter much more. Um, in-, in the middle of a game in the regular season, if you have guys kind of up and down on the bench, you can kind of get away with it and learn from it. But in the, in the playoffs, if you do that, it could cost you a game and it could cost you a series. So I think the biggest thing for me going into my uh, future years of coaching is, is maintain the emotions on the bench and not to say that I'm ever super high or super low, but um, I think we could have probably done a better job of uh, keeping everybody together and keeping everybody engaged and, and focused on at the task at hand. Now, you mentioned the, the roster changes. I think I saw 44 guys in and out of the lineup this season. Uh, and then going into next year, you, you kind of – I mean, how much in minor league hockey, how much do you know for next year what your roster will look like? Or will, there, will there be significant changes? How hard is that to prepare? Right. So, uh, honestly, for, for the ECHL, I would say 44 is on par or maybe even a little below. Um, what most teams go through. So um, I felt like we had our core guys there for most of the year. Obviously we had a couple guys go up for long stints in the AHL. Some guys get hurt and be out for extended periods of time. But for the most part, I think 44 is kind of on par for what, what would you would expect in the ECHL. Uh, so for us, um, it was a matter again, like getting those guys who can come in and, and weather the storm um, and then the go- moving into next season, um, it's 
it's funny because we had a really good regular season. We had a good playoff. We didn't win the series, but guys had performed well in the playoffs. So some guys will go and they'll try to uh, get their AHL deal. Maybe they'll move on from the Mariners. Some guys will go and look at Europe. Some guys will move on and, and retire. So um, from now until probably mid-June, late June, you'll kind of get an idea of who your core is going to be. And then a lot of it has to do with Providence. Who are they going to sign? Different stuff like that. Is there more NHL deals coming? So you have to get, be in contact with them consistently. And then you, you do your homework. You, you, you'll look for guys who you think can help you. I know one area where we're trying to get a little better is a little more skill on the back end, a little more offensive mindset on the back end. So you do your research on different guys like that and uh, you backfill. Um, but I really, I think that we'll really like our core coming back, which uh, we're excited about. So uh, are you watching the NHL playoffs? And, and if so, are you, do you watch it kind of from a coach's perspective? Are you looking at different things that, uh, you know, you might second guess from a coach that's in the league? Uh, you know, I might do this differently or, or that differently or lineup changes or uh, the way they break the puck out and that kind of thing. Or are you just watching it from kind of from a fan's perspective? It's hard uh, for, for me personally, it's hard to turn it off. So for me, it's always from a coaching standpoint. I, I struggle to watch the game as a fan. Uh, now I think once my son Wes kind of gets to that age where it becomes a little more fun, I'll, I'll be able to do that with him a little more. But for now, I, I just want to learn. Uh, I want to be a sponge in the playoffs. I, I take notes constantly uh, on the playoffs and, for the the one thing that Rod Brindamore kind of got torched for was he wasn't changing his lines up when they weren't scoring a lot. So uh, you, it's great to hear these analysts. Like it's nice to hear Mark Messier say one thing and then somebody fight back with another. Even Paul Bissonnette is, I mean, he knows the game inside and out. He, he's a pretty knowledgeable guy. And then uh, you got Tockett and Cooper on there. So you, you kind of a sponge, you write down some quotes that you like and different things like that. So just continue to learn, continue to uh, take what you see. And there's some stuff that I have written down that teams did, and I'll go back and watch video to see if I like it and see different ways that we can implement it into our game. Now, if in the NHL, if the Arizona Coyotes were to relocate, where would you like to see them go? <laughs> uh, if it meant bringing the Whalers back, I think Hartford yes, would be awesome. Attaboy. I don't yeah. know. I don't know that Hartford – field an NHL team right now, but that would be pretty cool. Uh, for me, I, I think if they're going to stay out that way, I think Houston would be a solid fit for the NHL. It's a big enough city. Um, I think it, I think it would make sense. And then I think Quebec City would be cool. I'm not, I'm not sure the likelihood of that, but um, having another Canadian team is always good for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, so in the CHL, they're they're implementing some uh, rule changes. I don't know if you saw these, but I'd like to get your thoughts on them. So uh, minor penalties are going to be dealt with the same way as a major. So a team which causes a minor penalty will remain shorthanded, even if the opposing team scores a goal. Uh, and then serving delayed penalties, a minor penalty will be served even if a goal is scored while the delayed penalty is pending. And then the last one is a shorthanded goal uh, erases the current minor league, uh, the mi current minor penalty. So, uh, what, so what are your thoughts on, on those? So uh, a minor yeah. is treated like a major. So if a guy, uh, you know, commits a penalty and, and you score on the power, you can keep scoring for the full two minutes. He stays in the box for the full two minutes. And I then don't it, hate it. Um, yeah. I think it, I think for, especially for those leagues, 
it breeds a little more offense, which I like. Mm-hmm. I think that's what fans want to see is a little more offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would need a little bit more time to think about it, but I think for the most part, just hearing it right off the cuff, I, I would probably be in favor of it. I like the idea of when you score shorthanded, you get, you get rewarded mm-hmm. and, and the penalty comes off like the board. That. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like, I like when there's different creative stuff thrown into the game. I, I like that kind of stuff. So I'd have to sit down and do my research on whether it made sense. But uh, right now I, I think I'd be in favor of that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I, I we, we were both, uh, we're both in favor of it. Cause I, I, we both think uh, the NHL really needs more goals. They, they tend to uh, err on the side of taking goals away rather than, yeah. rather than giving goals. So uh, right. anything that uh, just going to put more fans in the seats uh, is, is okay in our book. And the, and the one thing you got to think of is is what are kids watching? It's the highlights. So sure. if there's right. more highlights, sure. it brings more people into the game probably. Yeah, absolutely. What, what is your thought on goaltender interference? Because I mean, we've seen some some real ticky-tack stuff, especially with the Bruins, but, I, you know, the rest of the league I'm sure sees it too. But just, you know, guys getting kind of pushed in and, and a little, you know, maybe a little bit of a bump, but uh, can still play the puck. And they really tend to disallow goals an awful lot. What is your take on that? Yeah, that's a tough one because you do want to protect the goalies. They do need to be able to make plays to the pucks. Like if you think mm-hmm. about it as a player, if I get interfered, they call interference. Sure. Um, so if you get interfered yeah. with as, as a goalie right. and you can't get over to a spot where you can make a play on the puck, mm-hmm. I understand that. But um, there, there's some soft ones. Um, if you get bumped in, I, I, I don't think it should be goaltender interference. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing for me as a coach is I just look for consistency in it. If it's sure. called consistency consistently, uh, I don't think I'm ever really going to bark. But if, if one thing is called like this one night and then it's right. called like this the next, that's kind of when I start to have a little trouble with those kind of rules. And it seems like the seems like the goalies are really selling it too. Like they'll yeah. they'll stick their arm out or their glove out or blocker yeah. to try to get a oh, hold of a guy that's going through the crease yeah. and then flop sure. around and you know, then the then the puck goes in and you're like, Well, it's not really interference if he's reaching out trying to, you know, right. smack the guy. Yeah. Well, they're they're smart. They know yeah. what's gonna get the ref's yeah. attention. They know what's yeah. and hey, even if um, even if the challenge doesn't work, if they lose the challenge, then they get the minor penalty. So there's all sorts of different right. things that you can think of as a goalie. How do you feel about uh, disallowing a goal from 45 seconds ago for an offside? <laughs> I think there should be a – like 45 seconds to me isn't crazy. I do think that there should be um, a time limit that you can go back to Right. Um, like if a play is continuing on for over a minute and a half, two minutes, I don't think you should be able to go back and, and look at something. There should be kind of a clock that if you have to go back and, and watch a certain play, if it's past whatever, a minute, yeah. um, then maybe you're not allowed to challenge it or something like that. But um, I, I, again, I'm in favor of the play getting called correctly so um, if it was offsides I do like what the NHL has done with it now becoming kind of that line of of scrimmage or uh, the the NFL goal line where if the skate is in line with the blue I like that I didn't like it when it was you needed to make contact with the ice because hockey's hard enough I need to keep my steel on the ice for a split (laughs) second or it doesn't count yeah I've I've always been kind of uh, the way it used to be in Major League Baseball with the kind of in the neighborhood play as far as offsides go I don't think it's like the what they were trying to accomplish was like down to the you know 
the sea hair of the blade of the of the skate on this side of the line versus this side of the line. I feel like if it's close, it should be good enough to me. So, there's just so much technology. There is. There is. Perfectly right. correct now. Yeah. So. Well, okay, so you you know how much we love promo nights. So the new list of promo nights came out, and I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, what's happening wrestling day? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but this year was pretty funny. It was uh, they had a legitimate wrestling match after the game. <laughs> okay, and everything. did they? Okay. Supposedly, there was a thousand people that s- stuck around for wrestling wow. day, and yeah, after okay. our game, we had a pretty good crowd that night, and then a thousand people stuck around to watch like three or four wrestling matches so that was that was a pretty big one this season wow that's 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 pretty good i, I like that uh not as much as the underwear sports for our time, so, yeah. <laughs> i'm uh you know i probably preface that it's clean carnival on the concourse uh, throwback night pucks and paws i'll tell you it, you know minor league hockey usually does a pretty good job with it but the main merit is you know they get great crowds and uh, Portland's yeah. always been a good minor league hockey, you know, kind of an under the radar minor league hockey yep. uh, place. And uh, I remember the Portland Pirates when they won the Calder Cup when I was in college in the mid '90s. Uh, just rabid fans and and a really good um, a really good take. So, um, but we appreciate you coming on, Terrence, and and congrats on a a really good year for you personally and the team and. We wish you the best of luck, and we'll chat with you next season. I appreciate it, guys. Hopefully, we, uh, we can see you there wrestling night or one of the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Waving. Sounds <laughs> good. Right, appreciate you. it, Terrence. You might be wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> we'll be in a tag team. Later. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Terrence. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. All right, see you. Seven Chirps, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing on social media for new beers and events. Chirp number one, 11 of the 18 Stanley Cup finalists over the past nine years are in a market that didn't have an NHL team before 1991. This is one of those series. Is it good for the game? I mean, I guess so. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, I... I, You're trying to expand the league, which, I mean, I don't know if it works or it doesn't work. I mean, I don't don't know the numbers behind it, but it must if they continue to do it. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to expand. They're trying to get into some maybe, you know, non-traditional hockey markets, I think you would call it. Um, You know, Arizona's been kind of an abject failure. Uh, They tried Atlanta a couple times and it didn't work. Uh, So, you know, I don't know if it's working or it's not the... The ticket prices in Florida for some of the round one games were were cheap in the playoffs. They didn't sell out. So, um, you know, I, I guess it's it's uh, kind of, you know, a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. I don't think it's the media markets necessarily that the NHL would want in the finals um, with, uh, you know, South Florida and, and Vegas not being some of the higher ones. But it does, uh, it does I guess, in the end, grow the game some. Yeah, I mean, you you have two teams right now, Vegas and Florida. Florida in 1996, I think it was, three, 93, mid-90s. Yeah, 93, 94, Vegas, someone there. 2017. Yeah. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll remain to be seen what kind of ratings they get. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be great. I mean, I just don't think it can be great. Plus, it's all on TNT, right? So Yeah, so I can't watch yeah. any of it. Yeah, so people can't watch like you, can't watch it. So that's that's great, too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, 
some of the things that the NHL does, I'm not entirely sure of. And to have Atlanta in the talks again for a possible third stint is just asinine to me. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I really don't. I don't, I don't get that at all. I mean, it's failed there twice. That that's we've talked about it before. It's it's a college sports area. Um, you know, Georgia Tech and, and Georgia and, and those type of teams are way more popular than any of the professional teams down there. Uh, so and they and the professional teams outside of the Braves haven't won anything, really. Right. So, it's, it's you know, you know, the people aren't going to support teams that that don't win. So, no, no. Uh, chirp two Stanley Cup finals predictions and your con Smythe winner. Um. I'm going to say uh, Florida and seven because I feel like they've just been kind of that team of destiny uh, and they seem to find ways to win even when they shouldn't. Um, Bobrovsky is playing at a Conn Smythe uh, level. So uh, I'm going to say Florida and seven. Okay. I like Vegas and five and Jack Eichel. All right. I like the, I, I mean, I have actually, I actually looked at it and I put a little money on the old DraftKings account, but Aiden Hill is actually having a better uh, playoffs save percentage wise than Bobrovsky is right now. Yes, yeah. Bobrovsky wasn't great in the Bruins series. I mean, he made sparklers. Yeah, but his stats weren't over the top great. In fact, I think his save percentage was under nine hundred. Yeah, in in that series, but he's since then he he has a nine three five for the playoffs uh, with a shutout. But Aiden Hill is a nine three seven and two shutouts so far in the playoffs. So uh, Aiden Hill's kind of matching him save for save. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know how that uh, how that shakes out in the end. Uh, I would like to see Vegas win. Um, I don't want to see Florida win, but I think Florida will somehow find a way. Okay. Uh, and did you see this? A Las Vegas strip club <laughs> is off for the Golden Knights Platinum VIP access and free lap dances for life if they win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> a little incentive for those boys out sure. there, huh? Sure. <laughs> a little incentive. Yeah. yeah I mean, a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, so little, little harder to <laughs> say the least. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So I Vegas mean, will be look. trying a little extra hard. Yeah, I, I, to me, uh, that takes a big clientele away from the strippers. <laughs> like, like if 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 a guy walks in making millions and he's willing to pay money, you're you're kind of kind of cutting your nose to spite your face yeah i know maybe maybe free lap dances but uh you know they'll tip well i think they'll tip yeah. well yeah they'll, they'll tip extremely well yeah uh chirp three the trades for kachuk and eichel were bold moves one of these trades is going to pay off in a cup win do the bruins need to make a franchise altering trade like that to win i mean maybe if you did the if you did the the same route as Florida, who won the President's Trophy and then wasn't satisfied mm-hmm. and traded Huberdo and and so forth to get Kachuk, if you follow that model, then yes, then then that's I guess a way to to make it make you know maybe make a run at it again next year. Yeah, the only thing to me is like who do you, who who do you give up and who do you get in return? So mm-hmm. in that type of scenario, that's basically like trading. You know, a pasta knock and, sure. yeah. you know, Lindholm for yeah. <clears throat> uh, who? Like, you're yeah, not going to trade right. for Austin Matthews. He's in your division. You know, the Leafs aren't going to do that. Um, I mean, that, it, you, you know, probably like a dry saddle, which they yeah. trade. I mean, yeah, probably. Caliber, probably, or close to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you probably have to give up McAvoy to get dry saddle. So it'd probably be pasta knock and McAvoy for dry saddle. Right. Um, 
You know, would you do that? Which I, you know, I, I don't know if I would. I really <laughs> yeah, don't. I don't know. I mean, that seems to be a lot. Um, now you get in the center. You know, if it, if it's dry settle Pasternak, then obviously dry settle is is the better guy. But to give up McAvoy as well seems a little much. Yeah, I do Lindholm. Yeah, you know, but I don't know if that gets you dry sidle. No, I don't no, think it, it does. Doesn't. Um, and then I don't even know if the two of them get you right. Right. And then the other thing, yeah. And then the other thing you have to worry about is the McDavid effect. I mean, I know they don't play together all the time, but they do on the power play and, uh, that power play was, you know, ungodly. (laughs) So, you know, you worry about a guy leaving that team and Mm -hmm. will he still put up the same type of production, um, with a, with a new team. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a, it's a, that's a really tough question. Um, but I do feel like the mix needs to be shaken up a little bit. I, I do don't, too. I feel like their, yes. their core, not necessarily is stale, but it's aging. So, and we know that. Um, so it, it, I guess it's going to happen anyway, at some point where it's going to get shaken up a little bit, but, um, you know, is the, is the, is the Bruins mix of players, the right mix? To be able to win, I mean, it it gets you into playoffs, and they've made it to some finals, but uh, you know they haven't been able to get over the hump. Is that mix enough to to win it all? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, and it's a hard thing to do. And you know, I don't know. Sweeney is not a risk taker. No. Uh, so that would be a. That's, I mean, that's a hockey trade. Who yeah. Oh yeah. Chucking all those guys. I mean, that's a hockey trade. Yeah. And um, I don't know if Sweeney hasn't really done that kind of thing. I mean, unless you consider Halla and Zaka, but even that sways toward the Bruins because of Zaka's youth. Right. Um, so he really hasn't done that yet. So, uh, Chirp 4, should the Bruins pursue bio? It's Mike Riley, Derek Forbort. They have similar ones, one and a, one and 1.3 or so. Yeah, uh, 1.3, uh, three savings on Riley, and Forbort, I believe, is 1.166 savings. Yeah, um, so you're looking at two, two and a half? Yeah, you can you can save yeah it's about two and a half or so uh, between the two of them. Um, if you can't try, if you can't find trade partners, you absolutely have to do it because they're in such a such a cap crunch that uh, every little bit's going to help in order to uh, kind of rebuild your team. And I think both of those guys are expendable. Um, the way that they, you know, for, uh, Riley wasn't really with the team at all, and and Forbort, you know, other than penalty killing, really doesn't offer a whole lot. He's not the the right. big physical guy that you want. Um, he's great on the PK, um, but he's not great breaking the puck out. He doesn't give you a lot offensively. Um, so I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably a route to go if you can't, you know, trade those guys. I mean, do you, I mean, if you do that, then that's kind of your Bergeron money. If he came back, right. I mean, sure. You could offer him that gives you the room to bring him back mm-hmm. uh, and send those two guys. And that leads us to chirp five. Still no timeline on Patrice Bergeron decision. Matt Porter says by July one, he'd like to do it. How long can the Bruins wait? Last year he'd signed on August 8th. Yeah. That's they can't, <laughs> they can't wait. Yeah. They can't yeah. wait that long. Yeah. Uh, they can't wait that long. Um, no. You know, I guess July one's not a bad, not a bad no, that's uh, not bad. time frame free agency begins. I mean, that's, yeah, that's free agency begins, draft you know, the draft just happened. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, that's not, that's not a bad, that's not a bad time frame. So if he gives them, you know, if he gives it to him in that in right around, you know, July 4th weekend, whatever, right in that area, I think that's a, 
that's a decent time frame that'll give them enough time to plan within free agency if they need to make a move there or or make a trade or something. So, um, you know, I I think he'll uh, he'll he'll be diligent and, and let them know, you know, and give them enough time to to make uh, you know decisions that are in the best interest of the Bruins. Yeah, I have to. I think if I if I remember correctly, July one was like a big free agent splash last year, like a ton of guys signed on the first. I want to say. Yeah, I mean, usually right at the beginning of free agency, there's a lot yeah. of guys that that go. Right. So you kind of want to know where you stand. You do. You do. That day. You know, and um, so I'm, I'm hoping that that's, and I think he will, you know, if he, if he waits longer, I just think it hurts the Bruins some. I, I just don't think you can really take your big picture and say, okay, this is what we got. I, I don't know. Trip um, uh, six and Elliot Freeman's 32 thoughts. Boston is exploring what it needs to do to keep Tyler Bertuzzi, who is slated to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I like the sound of that. Um, I mean, everybody's kind of been banging this drum since the season ended, um, albeit prematurely. Um, Bertuzzi is the type of guy you want on your team. I think I think adding him for a full season might change the DNA of the of that core group a little bit because I think he brings a grittiness, um, you know, every night that um, not necessarily will rub off on guys, but I think that they need. I mean, we talked about that when they brought in. Nick Foligno that we thought that he would add a little bit of grit to the, to the bottom six. Um, uh, he did to a certain degree more in year two than year one, but um, you know, then he doesn't really play in the playoffs uh, kind of uh, odd man out there. And um, so I think they could use some of that. And if they can sign him for something that's, you know, not overly uh, over the top, then uh, certainly they should they should consider it because he was one of their best players in the playoffs. To bring him back, you, you have to you have to move on from Hall or Marchand. I mean, I would think because the money matches up kind of. If he's going to get six million a year, say, then those two guys make six to a little over six million a year. So, and they're both left wings. I mean, I I, I just if you bring him back, I think you have to move on from one of those two guys. Uh, my question to you is. If Bergeron doesn't come back, <laughs> I, I really think they should explore moving Marchand. And if that's the case, or if I'm thinking that way, does Marchand have the, the same effect as Bergeron in, in that Marchand can kind of say whether or not he wants to retire as a Bruin? Like, does he that, have that kind of leeway? Is he that kind of guy with this franchise to say, to go to him and say, you know, is it okay for us to deal you or do they just kind of do it? That they would ask him. You think so? Yeah, I a hundred percent do. I think they would ask him. I think they feel like he's a, a big part of the culture of the team. And, you know, he's been an alternate captain on the team. Uh, so I feel like he, they would not deal him without his, uh, permission or go ahead or whatever, however you want to say it. So if Bergeron retires, yeah. Do you think he's open to that? No, you don't think he wants, you don't think he would be open that with, because he's talked about how he, you know, it's hard to see himself playing without Bergeron yeah. and, and so forth. So if you were retired, do you think that Martian would take the last two years and try to go get a cup somewhere? No, cause he has one already. Okay. Well, that's true. So, uh, I, I think his, you know, he has a young family he has young kids. He's been here forever. I think he wants to. I think he wants to retire a Bruin. I think he wants mm-hmm. to stay in the 
in the same place. I think he he looks up to Bergeron in that way, and Bergeron kind of did his whole career in Boston. So I think he would he feels the same way about that and about the city. Um, it's close to his um, you know home in where is he from? Uh, Nova, Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yeah, so yeah, it's Nova close Scotia. to Nova Scotia. Like yeah. there's really there really isn't any way I could see him getting traded traded that he would be like, yes, you know, I 100% want to go there. Like the only other places I could see would be like Toronto and Montreal and they would never trade him within the division. Oh, of course not. No, they wouldn't. I mean, this so is like, <clears throat> yeah, this is like Edmonton or Colorado. Yeah. Or there's no, there's place. no way he, he says yes to going anywhere, you know, outside of yeah. the Eastern time zone. I don't think. And, and, yeah. Uh, so I just I don't think I don't think that's really not, I mean Hall like you said I think that's sure. maybe something you could explore um, you know it does kind of limit their depth up front um, especially with Martian getting older uh, and left wings so forth so um, you know I, I don't know it's gonna be inter- it's gonna be really interesting to see how they kind of work all these pieces out and see how it all fits together because. Um, like we've talked about, it's going to be a drastically different looking roster just by, you know, what they have to do with captain gymnastics to, you know, make things work. But I think if, like you said before about it, you really think they need to change the, the core of the team, sort of the dynamic of the team. And, you know, and I know it's probably not going to happen or possible, but I think that trading Brad Martian changes. I think that. I mean, I don't know what you'd get for him now for two years. And I mean, it still produced really well. He did. And maybe, and maybe he's better, somewhat better next year because he's, you know, even more recovered. I think he would. I think he will be better next year. Honestly, I think he, I think he'll have a bounce back season by his standards because I think he kind of came back a little earlier than he should have. Right. Um, and then didn't get didn't didn't get a, re- a lot of rest down the stretch. No, he didn't. No. Uh, and no. I think he really spent his off season rehabbing and so forth for, for you know from the injury rather than uh-huh. preparing himself to play a season of hockey. So I feel like um, you know that kind of those kind of things will help him have a better season. And he sets the tone for the team. He really does. Right. Um, as much as people say it's it's Bergeron, it's really Marchand's competitiveness. Uh, maybe along with McAvoy now a little bit that sets the tone for the team. And when, you know, when, when he doesn't have it or, uh, you know, they don't necessarily really play that well. No, um, you're right. So, you know, of, of the, of the core getting, you know, guys you're getting rid of, I'm not sure he's the one to take off the team. Cause then where does that fire come from, um, within the roster? I don't know if there's a guy left that, brings it every night the way he does. No, I mean, that's something he does do is bring it every single night. Uh, he always has, so yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, trip seven, summer plans, what are they? Uh, drinking some beers, <laughs> uh, maybe doing a little, uh, going down to the lake, doing some swimming, probably. Oh, sure. uh, yeah. s- trying to spend some time in the sun, maybe lose five or ten pounds, although the sure. beers, beers won't help. Beers no, won't help that. No, uh, so we'll have to maybe drink a beer as we're walking or running. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Can we do yeah, that? I, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, hopefully, a little bit more golf. I've said that. Oh yeah, yeah. For the last yeah, absolutely. Years. But yeah, a little bit more golf. Uh, yeah, drinking beers. I'm in the brewery capital of America here mm-hmm. in Portland, Maine-ish mm-hmm. area. Um, some of that, 
uh, some grilling, you know, so sure, yeah. being outside, yeah. I think is key because of the long winters up here in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, not a ton of Red Sox. No. Um, no, maybe a Sea Dogs game now that Marcelo Myers up there. Yeah, there you go. So maybe uh, that'll be maybe a decent take. Sure. Yeah, buddy Jeff Dooley will be coming in shortly. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to work that out. We can go up and yeah. uh, I'll go up there. We can catch a Sea Dogs. Yeah. Hit some yeah. hit some breweries. Yeah. Sea duels. It'll be a good that, time. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what also what I'll also do is maybe bet on some DraftKings Sportsbook. Absolutely, should. Sportsbook is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all of your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings to celebrate. All new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Using code ITR, you can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issues as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. All right, beauties and benders and the three benders for this week. Maddie's aforementioned... Golf game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were doing beauties first, no? No, this is beauties. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, it's a beauty. It's not a bender. I mean, I have a great golf game. <laughs> I love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. And the, and the reason why I say that is because I went out for a nine-hole a couple of days ago, and yeah. I, I dropped like a 44. You know, I just I just went out and kind of, you know, first hole was, was a little rough, but then really dialed it right in. And, yeah, uh, you know what that means. I haven't played in a while, so I played well. And then the next time I go out, I'll play just horrendously bad. Yeah, I played down in Florida a few times when I was down there, and and uh, I, had a, I had a couple of pretty good rounds. I mean, a couple of really bad holes, but uh, yeah. you know, one round I had three pars out of nine. Not bad. Nice, nice. Sure. That's, that's that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, a third of the goals. I'm not a math major. That's right <laughs> up there. Uh, beauty two, Milan Lucic. Gonna love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. He was on the top line for Team Canada in the World Championships and won a gold medal. Uh, tells you uh, everything you, you need to know about the level of players that played there. <laughs> but, hey, Luch got the gold medal. He now has a Stanley Cup gold medal and uh, all sorts of fun accolades. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, good fam. I mean, the, te- the t- I mean, the te- I mean, the team. Like you said, I mean, no one play. No one plays in it. Um, I think he played in line with Fantilli. Oh yeah, Fantilli. Yeah, Fantilli. He, he did play. Uh, and I, you know, there was I, there just wasn't a lot of, of NHL talent at that tournament. So. Well, I mean, there was NHL guys, just borderline NHL. Yeah, guys. Yeah, borderline NHL. Right. Uh, all right, and beauty number one, Team Latvia. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Latvia got their first medal ever, and uh, especially Bruins prospect Dan Zlachmelis, who's headed to UMass. The center opened the scoring on Sweden in the quarterfinals and again against Canada in the semifinals, and it was his primary assist that got them even with the U.S. in the bronze medal game, which set the runway for their OT winner in the bronze medal for Latvia. I mean, good for him. It's, he yeah. seems to be uh, coming up big in big games. 
So that's yeah. a nice thing to see. And, uh, you know, hopefully he uh, develops well at UMass. UMass has a, has a pretty good history of uh, developing guys there. So, um, you know, it'd be really, really nice to see if he can turn into a legitimate prospect for the Bruins. Yeah, yeah fourth-round pick and, and moving up the charts, as mm-hmm. they would say. Absolutely. Uh, and had a great year. Yeah, he did. Uh, this past year, and, and now he's going to UMass so we could see him at Hockey East. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy. They need a center. Yeah. Uh, and, and Poitras and him had really good years. So They did. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And now we'll do the benders. These are guys who uh, haven't had good years or, or uh, really done much good at anything. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll start with the world championships. Ah, the bender. Uh, nobody plays in this. No, not at all. No, you know, when I was thinking, as I was watching some of it, I was thinking to myself, boy, you know, wouldn't the NHL get sort of get involved in this in some way to maybe push this thing a little further and, and maybe, you know, highlight some, you know, grow the game kind of thing and kind of highlight some, some NHL players in this thing. You know what I mean? Like try to, try, to, try to make this a grow the game kind of sport. You would think, uh, but then they couldn't do their own tournament where they make all oh, the money. They wouldn't let them, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, well, that's a problem. It's a, yeah, I mean, the NHL wants to do their own world championship type of cash grab yeah. thing that they did, you know, a few years back. Um, right. So, they, yeah. they're not going to push it because they don't really care about growing the game. It doesn't appear. Uh, well, they just want the money from the growth of yeah. the game. They want yes. the expansion they fees the and they want the, they want the money, the money easy, from the... They want the easy money. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. The e- easy money. Uh, and bender number two, Bruins management. Ah, the bender. So the Bruins don't offer Mantius Mentekivi a contract in time for the deadline, so he becomes a free agent. Without many draft picks coming up, can the Bruins really afford to pass on guys that, uh, you know, he had a promising end to the season. He was really good in the playoffs. Can they really afford to pass on guys? I, I don't think so. Here's the problem. <laughs> they don't have a lot of contracts lost right now. I think there's like maybe one or two. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. I saw the Flames got rid of four 2021 draft picks. They did not sign four of them Yeah. yesterday. Uh, and there were some other teams who kind of let, let guys go unsigned as well. I think it's kind of a league thing with, without a lot of money. And with a lot of, not a lot of contract slots, um, you know, I just think you, I guess you, you don't. He's a slight kid. He's like 160 pounds, but he was, he didn't do much of anything a couple of years ago, but then he had steadily was starting to, you know, grow, mature a little bit mm-hmm. and, and playing okay and starting to produce some. Um, but you know what? I, I guess they just said, you know what? We just don't have enough contract slots. And this is a kid that, you know, sixth round pick. Like, we're just going to have to go out and maybe the, maybe the six-round pick we get this year does better. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't, under, I don't, I don't understand the rationale behind it. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, there's guys in Providence who you're like, really? You're on the team? Yeah. Like, really. he can't take that guy's place with a contract. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like. Yeah, oh, I know. Mitchell Miller has a contract, doesn't he? He does. You have to buy him out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a I mean. Yeah, that guy's on the team, but 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 yeah. So that Mitchell Miller's on the team. You have to pay that guy, and he didn't play a single lick for you. Um, And it was a PR disaster. And then this kid, you know, you have to let go because you know you don't have enough contracts. So, um, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite him in the ass. Um, But um, 
yeah, not uh, not exactly what we're looking for when we don't really have a lot of draft picks uh, and draft capital coming up in the in the future here in the next and few we're, years. We're hitting a spot right now where Harrison and some other or Lysel and Merkulov, like this next year. Yeah, is you're really going to start to see just how good or bad or indifferent those draft those drafts were. Sure. Yeah. Because if they aren't great, then they're in trouble. Yeah, like big trouble. trouble. Mm-hmm. Big. They're Huge. in big trouble. So they need at least three or four guys, Lowry, whatever those guys are. They need three or four guys mm-hmm. to become like regular NHL players within the next year or two. They need to. Yeah, absolutely. So they're in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and bender number one, the entire state of Florida. Out of bender. Uh, can you stop fucking our sports teams, please? <laughs> I know. How about Florida? Huh? Yeah, I mean, they're the ECHL. Uh, yeah, the, the Everblades or whatever. Yeah, there. like Florida's yeah. just taking over the sports universe. Yeah, so right the Panthers now. beat the Bruins in seven, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, a too early exit for the for the for the Bruins. Then the Miami <laughs> Heat beat the Celtics in in seven games in, in a series that everyone uh, picked the the Celtics to win and should have win uh, won rather easily, falling the three zero hole, uh, yeah. and and uh, they're just killing us. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay's had our number for a while, uh, you know, previous to this year and, and, uh, won, you know, back-to-back cups. And so, uh, yeah, Florida's really the, and the Rays too, are, are kicking the bag out of the Red Sox continuously. So, uh, it'd be nice if those Florida teams would stop beating up on, on us here yeah, in Boston. It's, yeah. It's, you know, nobody gives a rat fuck either out there. So no. that's what pisses me off even more. Yeah. Uh, is that, you know, places are half empty and people are walking around Miami beach and don't mm-hmm. even know who. Macachuk is, yeah. To be honest with you, so uh, that's kind of irritating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like Vegas, uh, and I you know hope you know Denver wins. I mean, just everybody that's yeah. not Florida, yeah, wins going forward. I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> calendar for the Bruins off season: June 28th and 29th is the draft. And if you go to InsideTheRink.com, we have information about the top 100 draft prospects. So go to InsideTheRink.com and go to the NHL Draft in Nashville page. And get all sorts of information on the draft prospects. It looks like the Bruins targeting right around 93-ish in the Great. third round without a first or second round pick. Super. So go to the you know the last few guys <laughs> and see who they yeah. might take right there. Well, uh, the Bruins will probably reach, so it's probably going to be someone that's not that doesn't have an article. Right. Top of the 150. Yeah. So yeah, uh, probably not anyone in there. Yeah. We'll see who it is. Yeah, uh, we will. Go to ins- yeah, we will. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page to see our uh, episodes on YouTube and rate and review on Apple. Subscribe and follow on the podcast platforms. Sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code ITR. And we will talk again very soon. Thanks a lot for listening. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye.